Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, I am so excited to say that we have Maya Bittner, an entrepreneur and angel investor, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, very interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not gonna ask her that much about. Maya, thank you so much for being here. Alexis, so excited to be chatting with you today. I know, our second ever conversation. Maybe our third? Certainly our first recorded one. Certainly the first that's on the record. You ready to dive in? I am, let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Bets Connect, a recruiting platform unlike any other. Whether you're looking to hire the best go-to-market talent or looking for your next opportunity, Bets can help. Bets has spent more than a decade building relationships with the world's most innovative companies and professionals. And for the first time ever, you can access this network with Bets Connect. As the only go-to-market recruiting platform built by recruiters and powered by recruiters, Connect enables you to search through a network of vetted go-to-market professionals actively looking for their next opportunity and make better hires faster. In addition, Bets Connect clients the ROI within 90 days. Plus, if you're looking for your next big opportunity, you can join the Bets Network and get connected with the world's most innovative companies that are looking to hire go-to-market professionals like you. Learn more about hiring top talent or finding your next role at BetsRecruiting.com slash non-technical. Maya was the co-founder and CTO of Roxbox, a subscription jewelry rental startup that raised $12 million and was acquired by Signet in 2021. In 2016, Maya founded Pinch, a financial inclusion company that built credit scores by reporting rent payments and was acquired by Chime in 2018. Now, Maya works at Chime, runs fintechbookclub.com, and invests in technology startups on the side. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Engineering from the Franklin W. Olin College of Engineering, where she now serves on their board of trustees. Maya Bittner, welcome to Non-Technical. I'm a little exhausted just hearing you list all that stuff. (laughs) So I'm very excited to talk about anything else. Anything else. I totally hear you. Well, I'm excited to dive in. As I alluded to earlier, we have spoken before because I believe our first introduction was on none other than... Clubhouse. I think it was on Clubhouse. What were we talking about on Clubhouse? It's a real who's to say, Maya. You know, it could have been anything. (laughs) I think we just ended up in a room together randomly. That sounds about right. Maybe there was a birthday party involved. That sounds possible. And then, you know, I recently realized, I bet you we have many mutual friends, but one mutual friend in particular I realized because I saw a gorgeous, stunning, beautiful photo of you and one Mr. David Eckstein together. Oh my God. I knew you were <laughs> going to say Ellen De Silva. Yes. Ellen and David, truly two of the best humans on the face of the planet. Ellen De Silva, famously former guest of Non-Technical, one of the finest. They are my favorite people. That picture of David, I think, is incredible. It was taken at a Sequoia party and they... That posed us. We were like, oh, we want a photo. And the people put us, you know, in this like strange position that, you know, it looks like maybe we're announcing that we're engaged to each other or maybe some sort of like intensive family photo. And I love it. Just to set the stage a little bit for our listeners, it has like Annie Leibovitz meets season three of Succession vibes. Like if Annie Leibovitz had shot the intro for Succession, that's what this photo looks like to me. I think that's right. 
Yeah, so it's gorgeous. And I'm super excited that you know them because I'm obsessed with them. Clearly, I'm obsessed with them to the point where I'm willing to go on the record. This is a recorded public podcast <laughs> that I produce. Please, please <laughs> let it be on the record that Ellen Silva and David Eckstein are my favorite people. Yes, Alexis's favorite people. That is correct. We will stand by that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm putting it out there. I love that. And something else I know about you is that you do a lot of crossword puzzles. Is that right? Oh, I do do a lot of crossword puzzles. Me yeah. too. Really? Mm-hmm. Big fan. Used to host a crossword party. What is that? We called it 17 Across. It was like a Sunday morning brunch where we oh had a bunch God. of people come over and we would serve them brunch and we would all work on the Sunday New York Times crossword. Pencil or pen? So I have some pretty strict rules for the crossword. So pen, black or blue. I mean, certainly we're not animals. No mistakes <laughs> are allowed. That's correct. And... Oh, you can't of look course. anything up. You can ask anyone in person anything. So if okay. you're like at a cafe, you can totally crowdsource. Absolutely. Absolutely, right? Yes, that's those are the rules that I hold myself to. I've never had a crossword party, though I've frequently collaborated on crosswords, of course. And I would say that we follow the same set of rules. Like, for example, if I'm doing it at a restaurant, would totally ask the server, hey, totally. are you a sports fan? Do you know anything about this? You know, <laughs> are you in New, New York Times? Oh, yeah. I will say my favorite crossword puzzle is the New York Magazine crossword. Yes, 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 yes. It's so fun. It's so richly enjoyable. I almost think there's something kind of self-punishing about the crossword sometimes. Like there are some mm. crossword puzzles where I yes. finish them. Mm. And I'm like, I hated this. I yeah. hated the whole experience. I hated the theme. Top to bottom. I get top to bottom. I hated yeah. all the clues. Corner to corner, miserable. But you did it anyway. Of course. Come on. <laughs> and then I'm like, the crossword is the worst and I hate it. But like I did spend, you know, two hours working on it that Sunday. I spent two hours and 40 minutes with people working on last Sunday's New York Times. Mm. I didn't get last Sunday's. I got the New York Times Sunday delivery. Oh, you do it on the paper. Oh, I oh so app. I love the paper. I know a lot of people are fans of the app. I've done the app. I love paper. But realistically, so it turns out in my head, I thought I'd do the Sunday New York Times crossword every week. Yeah. If it shows up on my doorstep, it turns out to be less frequent than that. So I actually have a backlog mm. stacked up. <gasps> I used to consider it a real, like I would do the Sunday New York Times crossword when I yeah. traveled. Oh, that's great. And part of it was the fun of like, where do we find a New York Times paper? That is really fun. Mm-hmm. Starbucks used to sell them. I think they don't anymore. So we would like cruise all around whatever city in the world I was in trying to find the New York Times paper and then find a new cafe in the city and do the cross. Like, oh it was a fun hybrid That's of a like dream. a new place and mm -hmm. my existing hobbies. Wow. I really love that. And I will take that to heart next time I'm traveling for sure. Speaking of traveling, Maya, my first question for you is how did you spend your last day off? I'm coming off a four-day weekend. Ooh. Yeah. So my work does a lot of these. Basically, um, we get a bunch of sort of like random days off, but they're not random. They always stack it on existing three-day weekends so that nice. a three-day weekend becomes a four-day weekend. So I had a four-day weekend. I am sad to report that I spent the entire weekend doing chores. Oh boy. What kind of chores? I did chores. So, but I really feel like I did all of the chores of the last 12 months and that I'm good for like a year. So wow. I like renewed the tabs on my car insurance. What? Okay, epic. That's incredible. You're describing an incredible four-day weekend. Truly incredible. I like thought about if my car needed new oil. You know, it's like all the car stuff, all the I'm house so stuff. I like assembled some furniture. I returned the really? stupid sweater to marine layer that the drop oh shoulders that I hate. God. Wait, I okay, question. So you bought a sweater, 
you brought it home or did you order it online? Ordered it online. Okay. It arrived. You tried it on. How long did it have to be on your body before you were like, this is not for me? 300 milliseconds. Okay. It was quick on, nope, off. We got to take it back. Immediately. It's this, I'm telling you this drop shoulder thing. I always think it's going to look amazing and it looks, I don't know. I can't, I can't do it. You're describing it where it's not on the shoulder at all. It's like a cowl neck, but way down below the shoulder. Is that right? No, it's like a normal shape of a sweatshirt, but the seam for where the arm parts. Oh, literally those look bad on me 100% of the time. I don't understand who they look good on. I don't either. I don't know that I've ever seen it look good on someone, but it looks great on a hanger. It looks great on a hanger. The e-commerce model looked Mm. amazing. I was like, I am going to look so cute and cozy on my Zoom meetings and my new marine layer. No, immediately. And so actually what I did at first, because you know, returning things is just... It's truly the worst and I can't explain why. The worst experience known to man. That's right. Second only to solving some crossword puzzles. Well, so I tried to not return. First, I took a picture of it, trying to make it look as cute as possible. Yep, yep. And I texted it to my sister. Oh yeah, great. And I said, do you want this sweatshirt? And she said, well, why don't you want it? And I said, well, you know, I don't know. It's just not a good fit, which is also what I tell. I use this phrase a lot. Not a good fit, does not bring me joy. This is no longer serving me. And tried to pawn it off on her, but she was wise to it and I wasn't able she to She got wise to it. Well, I understand. I, I do understand. I'm the same way. I would so much rather give something away than return it because of just the whole rigmarole of making a return. But okay, here's when I started getting good at returning things. I got, are you ready? Tell me. A secret. printer. Seriously, my life is different now. I do not own a printer, which I think mm-hmm. you probably guessed. Yes. I do own, this is outrageous. This I'm is so outrageous. Excited. This I can't is an outrageous wait. thing. Let's hear it. I own a very small, so I don't own a normal printer, but I own a very small thermal printer. So a thermal <laughs> printer is like a receipt printer, right? And it's just filled with shipping labels. And I use oh, it only for printing shipping God. labels. And then you peel off the label and you put it on the thing. I inherited it from Pinch. Really? I was gonna say it. Was it from Roxbox? I ran operations at Roxbox. And so like, I know a lot about shipping things. Yeah. And then I brought that to Pinch. We were mailing rent checks. And I was like, I know just the thermal printer to buy. I know oh like all God. this stuff. We sold Pinch. It doesn't exist anymore. And I was like, I am keeping this thermal printer. That's a freaking major life hack. I thought I had a hack, which is just owning a regular printer. <laughs> but that is taking it truly to... If- The only thing you print is labels. I print some other random stuff. So I guess I'm glad that I have my printer. I used to sell stuff on eBay in high school. Oh, really? What kind of stuff? Oh, just garbage. Like stuff I found on like garage sales at Goodwill. I had this big hustle where I sold, do you know the iZod camera? It was introduced by Polaroid and it prints very stupid, small instant photos. Yes, yes, yes. So they have buckets of those at Goodwill at the time I was doing this was like 2004 because everyone's like, this is going to be so cool. And then it's like, wait, this is an entirely useless thing. I never use it. The photos are expensive. You give it to Goodwill. So I used to sell those. You buy them 99 cents each. And I used to sell them for 19.99 on eBay. So I had a real hustle. And this is a thing. It's like, I am known. I've always been since I was like four years old. It was like, Maya loves the mail. And it's true. I love, I love the mail. I think the mail, it's the most incredible shit that exists. I mean, you can pay someone like, 23 cents and they will carry a postcard from my house to like Alaska. Yeah. I mean, you would have to pay me truly thousands of dollars to carry a piece of paper to a house in Alaska. I have never thought of it like that. It's a bargain. It's a bargain. It really is. People complain about how expensive it is because I think they want it to be free, but I'm like, 
this is incredible. I could pay $4 and mail this thing anywhere in the US. I just think, and I've always loved this. My little brother was always jealous of me because I got so much stuff in the mail. And how did you finagle that? Well, my mom said, she's like, Maya gets stuff in the mail because she sends stuff in the mail. I send people letters. They send me letters back. Are you still writing and receiving letters? I do. I love writing letters. I love stationery. Love good pens. I love letters. And I think it's like so, it's like such a cool, special correspondence asynchronously. Mm. And yes, a little bit slower, a little bit, you can like go on as long as you want because that person doesn't have any pressure to read it at once. I don't know. I lo- mm. It's like, I love letters. And I had, I mean, in this book when I was little, I was like eight years old. And like by book, I mean, you know, that those like, it's like a magazine, but it's matte and printed on like recycled paper. And you ma- you're saying you made a book or you, no, had no, no. I had one. I okay. found this search somewhere. Sure. And it was a hundred and one free things you can get in the mail. Oh my God. Oh my God. How jazzed were you? So so I did all of them. And a lot of it, it was like, like, I think you can get a free, what is the, like the book of Mormon, right? If you sign up, you feel like I got a book of Mormon. You can write into the main state park association and get a sticker, a poster. It was like stuff like that. That's so cool. Are you from somewhere near Maine? No, I'm from Washington State. Oh, you're from Washington State. Yeah, it's where I grew up. (laughs) It's like the most exotic, far away, cool place that could be in Maine. What's your earliest memory of being really into the mail? So probably my earliest memory, we had Christmas presents, right, that would arrive in the mail. And my Aunt Joyce... She always sent us really good Christmas presents. They were very interesting. And we got, I have mm. two siblings. We all got the same Christmas present. And so I get where she's coming from. She's like, my nieces and nephews, how could I bother to get like their children? Yeah. But it was from our perspective, I think it was a little weird because we were all three years apart. And so it's like my three-year-old brother, six-year-old me, and my nine-year-old sister would all, all get like the same a fajita making kit, <laughs> which came with a cast iron pan and yeah. like all the, and like, it's not really an appropriate gift. Sure. For any of those ages. <laughs> For any of those ages, really. And also now our household has three, three steel. Yep. But like, it's actually kind of a cool idea. And I remember she shipped them with FedEx. And the okay. thing I most remember is my parents always having a concept because they wouldn't want to open stuff when it arrived. They were like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a Christmas gift. We're going to keep it in the box. Yeah, of course. And there was always some question about like, who was this from and not knowing in advance. And they were always trying to reverse engine. They were like, oh, Aunt Joyce ships things FedEx. And I didn't have any concept of like yeah. the other ways to, sh- I'd, or like what that even meant. Right. Like, what did it, it was mean? just mail. It wasn't USPS, UPS, FedEx. Right. DHL. (laughs) Deep cut, deep cut. The B side of postal services. (laughs) Actually, in my eBay days, so DHL. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to promise to mail things on DHL. They sent like a huge amount of shipping supplies to my house. I remember it was like hundreds of these like yellow DHL bags. Oh, those like polypropylene or mylar, oh, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, Mailers. the like yeah. classic emailer bags. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of these and everything. It was like the whole house was covered in this like yellow DHL oh stuff. And my parents were like, what even is this? Yeah. And I'm like, they sent me shipping supplies for free. Like from Macog's perspective, I'm going to crush it. <laughs> How old were you at that time? I didn't actually use the word cogs at that time. But you I have knew, to admit, intuitively, but I knew. you knew it. Exactly. Knew. Wow, that's incredible. Maya, if you were 
kidnapped, but had the chance to communicate with your family and friends and needed to secretly let them know something was wrong, what would you say? I actually feel like I don't have a great answer to this because I feel like people's impression of me is somewhat like sporadic or not sporadic, like mm. erratic. Oh, I and see. I kind of make like big big changes. I'm like, I'm moving to New York. And I'm like, never mind. I'm moving here. Never mind. I'm sure. moving there. Okay. And then I'm like, I love coffee. I've decided to not do coffee. I'm doing it. It's like, <laughs> I've decided I'm into soul cycle. I'm not into mm. soul cycle. I'm getting okay. a dog. Like yes. I'm kind of all a little, truly all over the place. Sure. And, and I think people either like that or are fine with that. <laughs> The two options, they either like that or they're fine with that. And there's no third option. Well, occasionally people still hang out with me, right? So yeah, you're doing great. I'm personally, I'm having a great time. See, you're having a great time. So I think that makes it really hard to have an answer to this. And even my fiance. So I love, I love starting projects. I love starting projects. I hate finishing them. He is the opposite. And so we're a really good match. It's like, I just charge around starting new projects and he like goes through and like gets them (laughs) into a finalized state well speaking of my fiance so i think for people who have children or whatever they need more than one bedroom in their house we do not so we have i think it's supposed to be like your children's bedrooms that are next to each other and there's like a jack and jill bathroom yeah we use them as our offices. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so when my dog is being a pain, Bramble, I just open the door to his office, throw her in there and close the door. Does it matter if he's working in there or not? Oh yes, he's working there. Bramble does not spend any time alone. Okay. <laughs> Bramble is the <laughs> cutest name for a dog ever. That's like a bush, right? Or is that a drink or both? Both, which I love. I think Mm -hmm. the inspiration was blackberry brambles, but it's also a type of cocktail. I feel like the nature reference is like my fiance and the cocktail reference is like me. He's very good at naming things as well. So Mm. we were on a hike and I was like, what are we going to name the puppy? Yeah. He suggested something and I was like, immediate veto. I hate it. Okay. And he goes, okay, what about bramble? That was it. That was it. It was like a five second conversation. And I was like, I love it. Done. Done. Wow. That's a really efficient way to name your dog. I went through, I don't even know how many title iterations before I got onto non-technical. <laughs> oh, I the equivalent bet. to my dog. I, it's kind of a question of what type of person are you? Yep, and exactly. in my history, I'm like a optimizer. And so mm. I would have probably made like a spreadsheet, you know, yep. if I was named, right. It's naming the dog a spreadsheet all the different names, weighting each different attribute of the name and trying to come up with some sort of like MBA style, like weighted calculation. Yeah. Essentially you could have columns that were like cuteness, uniqueness. Yeah. Like how embarrassed am I to yell this in a dog park? Right. Like if it was named Twinkie and you're constantly like Twinkie, I would give that a low score. I don't want to yell Twinkie in public a lot. I don't love that though. Cute name, right? For sure. It's like a nine on the cuteness scale. Nine on cuteness, low on callability, and honestly, pretty high on uniqueness as well. And then, so yeah, what you could do is weight each column based on how important that quality is to you and then end up with an aggregate score. You get it. You yeah, get it. Of course it. I get it. A hundred percent. So that's my style. And, it, and instead, fiance was like, what about Bramble? <laughs> and I'm trying to become more like him, to be honest. So really? I think, yes, because I think he's, ha- I think he's happier than I am. It's funny. I've never said that mm. phrase before. I was going to mm-hmm. say something more like nuanced and complicated, but yeah, it's, he's happier than I am. And yeah. I think my tendency to like hyper optimize every goddamn mm-hmm. thing in my life mm-hmm. was like 
that's done a lot for me, but is yes. now making me miserable. And for yeah. things like even choosing the dog. So we had to choose the dog from online photos. We got a dog okay. from a breeder, which I feel bad about. I don't want to talk yeah. about it. Let's move on. So there were a bunch of photos of the dogs in a litter. You have to choose it. You don't get to meet them in person. Okay. To commit online. So I am agonizing over these photos. And I like, yeah. it's like, I like the smallest one, but I'm like, what if it's the runt and it has like a failure mm. to thrive? What mm. if it's like, has mm. brain damage mm -hmm. and you know, all this stuff? My fiance goes, he's like, we will love her anyway. Oh my God. When he said that, it was so far from what I was thinking, but I also immediately recognized that to be true. Like, wow. wait, we will love her just as much she will bring just as much joy in our life. Like it, like all that stuff. So I think the way that he lives his life is just like, it's just objectively better than the way for some That's things. Incredible. Right. And so I'm trying to lean more into that. And the same thing with like the name of the dog, like mm. it doesn't even really matter. <laughs> and to be honest, we named her Bramble. We call her Barry most of the time. Oh, cute. Yeah. And it kind of started being like Brambleberry, which I don't yeah. know if that's a, the, is that a thing? Is, maybe that's a thing. I don't know that it is a thing, but because of the Blackberry Association, I understand it. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's like a head naughty, like, yeah. yeah, sure. And so we started calling her Brambleberry. Now we mostly call her Barry. And like, yeah, like the name doesn't matter. You call the dog all kinds of random things. Oh she basically comes to any sort of like enthusiastic. I try to remember this about startup names and maybe this mm. is advice for your name of non-technical too. Airbnb is a stupid name. Like <laughs> everything about it is dumb. One, it's not bed and breakfasts. It right. literally has bed and breakfast in the name and they're not bed and right. breakfasts. Two, right. What the fuck does air mean? I like don't know. three. Why is it one word? Uh, like no one can figure out the capitalization. Hysterical. Like it's a terrible name, but it's yep. like it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I think okay, Cupid, also a terrible name. I know. Like it makes I me think of though. this conversation where Cupid is like, hey, we've found this date for you. And you're like, okay, it's not great, but it's okay. Okay, like, Cupid. Okay, Cupid. You, you know, you like <laughs> terrible name. Doesn't matter. Move on. I need to get better at here are the decisions where mm. the juice is worth the squeeze. Yes. On hyper optimizing it. Here is where, I mean, honestly, like my fiance is so good at this stuff and it, it's so, it's so hard for me to be like, mm. wait, it doesn't matter. Or even, mm -hmm. you know, like checking Lyft and Uber. I'm like, oh, well we have to. And he's like, he's like, why? He's like, Maya, you're trying to save $7. Like, yeah, that is definitely a much more I think what I like about what you've said is that it's about being in the present moment a little bit more instead of trying to optimize for the future best moment. Oh yeah. That's interesting. And even I, you know, I just complained to you about this chore of returning the Marine layer, sweatshirt. <laughs> he was like, just donate it to Goodwill. Mm. And I was like, but it's like all of this stuff. Yeah. And he's like, Maya, he's like, is this stress worth a $45 credit right. at Marine Layer. Right. It's definitely good to have people in your life that are willing to, for A, that are willing to tell you that, you know, that are willing to kind of call you a little mm -hmm. bit, but can do it mm -hmm. in a way that sounds really thoughtful and loving, you know, not like you're being ridiculous, but like, hey, thought experiment. <laughs> Is it worth it? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's actually a really good point to have that balance. Cause I think historically in my life, I've been so like, bullheaded and, mm. and people are like, Oh, she's clearly very smart. She's doing this insane thing, but mm. she must know what she's doing. And sure. so like, I was just like doing all this crazy shit and you kind of need the right person to be like, yeah, I like your thought experiment. Yeah. 
<laughs> what if we didn't Quick do this? Pause. What if it was not this way? Yes. Maya, is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time? I'm like not a big music person. It's funny. Really? Like, yeah. I Yeah. And I think part of this is kind of my big personal goal in my life past 10 years or so has been like understanding how I'm feeling and being more attuned to that. Mm. Is that something that you don't feel naturally? Well, yeah. I, it's what is naturally, but yeah, like historically, like strongly ignored that and been like, oh, wow. again, like the optimizing thing, like no matter how uncomfortable or how much it costs me or, mm-hmm. and I think because of that, it's been very hard to enjoy music or art, right? It's all about mm. feeling good. Mm-hmm. you know? And like, what songs do you like? You can't know what music you like if you're not like paying attention to how it makes you feel. Hmm. That's very interesting. So I've started to get into music, but now I feel it's like, I feel somewhat developmentally delayed. And so yeah. I'm like doing it in, in private and listening to songs and fight, but I, I feel like a 12 year old or so in terms of my, even, you know, understanding bands and music and all that stuff. For a long time, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have time for this. This is not important. What's cool about music and what's cool about art as well, at least for me, is that you don't need to understand it to enjoy it. Mm. I love art. I'm not somebody who has an art history degree or can tell you a ton about different eras other than name a few really well-known painters from each whatever. I don't even know what it's called. Like, you know, the Impressionist era, whatever. But I love looking at art. I just like looking at it. I like the questions it makes me consider. I'll Ooh. go to a museum and have a really nice time. It's in part because I have taken the pressure off of myself, which is new in the last few years, to like know everything about it in order to enjoy it or mm-hmm. to like ha- be the best at understanding the thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's how I've been able to enjoy art. I Music, I, I think for a long time, I wanted to understand like the history behind pop and rock music so that I could sound smart when I talked about music. And I think I let go of that too. And I'm like, I like what I like, whatever. See, again, I feel like these are like huge personal growth steps. I definitely get the temptation to sound smart about things. When you do listen to music, who do you gravitate towards? This is a very weird answer. I'm ready. So I love coffee. Me too. Uh, yeah, I love coffee. Mm. So, so I subscribe to, it's called yesplease.coffee. I don't know. That's a URL. This is oh a coffee roaster. I don't know it. Wait, I can't believe I don't know it. So great. And it's, it's Y-E-S-P-L-Z. I'm so, dot coffee? Dot coffee. Literally the second that we're done, I'm going to go check them out. It's amazing. I have a, it's from this really great guy who, okay, I'm blanking on his name. He's done a ton of coffee stuff. I actually have a t-shirt from one of his old companies that I love. This is so dumb. I love this (laughs) t-shirt. It's, it's a little picture of a French bulldog. I already love it. Using a French press to make coffee. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. That's adorable. Frenchie with a French press. That's so cute. That is so cute. I love French bulldogs. There used to be this like whole newsletter and then he was like, whoa, like producing like essentially a magazine for every coffee shipment is like very extensive. Now I think they do the magazine once a month and then on the, it's like a weekly subscription Yeah. on the intervening weeks, there's like a little piece of paper and it's just a little story, you know, from him. It's like honest and cool and interesting. And it's like, here's the vibes that he's feeling with the coffee. Mm-hmm. And then there's a QR code to a Spotify playlist that he's made 
that okay. embodies the coffee or the vibe Wait, that's or the so sick. Honestly, I love these playlists and I go back and back to like the, the old ones. It's not like I'm just always listening to the current yes, please playlist. Yeah. I pull up, like, I feel like these playlists I'm really into and one exists for every, every vibe that I want, you know, like I listen to one when I'm like working or writing code or stuff like that. That's yeah. just, oh, it's called trip hop treats. Oh my God. I'm so excited. This is so right up my alley. Coffee and music. Hell yeah. I mean, I know so, I'm the only one in the world, so I'm like pretty unique in that way <laughs> that likes coffee and music. Um, coffee and music. Well, I'm we're getting like into really not niche like hobbies other girls. Here. I am going to check that out though. That sounds awesome. Like I said, you asked me what type of music I like. It's like, I can't even give you bands or even genres because I feel like yeah. I don't even understand. The playlists are extremely good. They hit the spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you watch a lot of movies? No. I kind of suspected that, which is yeah. I'm, why I'm very curious to hear your answer to this next question, which is the two-part question. Who would play you in a movie about your life? And second part, should it be a biopic? So childhood to present, or should we zone in on a particular chapter of your life that would make a great movie? Mm. I like the biopic because... I mean, I just feel personally, like, as I learn more about my childhood, it feels like everything else is like, oh, it just makes so much sense. (laughs) Okay. What is it about your childhood that makes it seem like it would be the perfect origin story? Both of my parents, so they both are small business owners or like consultancies, right? So my mom is a nutritionist and Mm. people come to her and ask her nutrition questions. Mostly she works with people who have diabetes. My dad is a financial planner. He does people's taxes. Yeah. And I think growing up with parents who didn't have a boss and could kind of make their own schedule and Mm -hmm. write like very much, it's like now as an entrepreneur and now I'm currently a extremely poor employee. (laughs) (laughs) I think it kind of, it's like some stuff makes sense. Uh, It's like, I saw that as a model for like how to be a person in the world. And then I think even more, my parents are somewhat dogmatic about a bunch of stuff. So like one of the things they had, so they didn't tell us what to do. Okay. Ever? I heard to say ever, but there were like a, a, yeah, certainly a lot of things. I remember like, I didn't do homework. I hated homework. Okay. And they had no feelings about that. People would come to my mom and they would be like, your daughter isn't doing her homework. Yeah. And my mom would say, well, what do you want me to do? Like, I can't, I can't make her do her homework. Yeah. That's kind of what, what we did. I feel like there were some things I had to do, but I mean, I remember like we didn't have bedtimes. Okay. So it was up to you to decide when you went to bed, but we had to face the consequences of that. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, Hey, you can go to bed whenever, but I encourage you to examine like how it feels to wake up for school in the morning if you've wow. chosen. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so that, and then I find the bedtime thing. I just remembered a lot because my friends were very jealous of this. Yeah. And my parents said they were like, well, your friends don't actually have bedtimes either. They're just unwilling to face the consequences their parents have set for them by not following their bedtimes. And wow. so my parents are like, yeah, my parents are very Whoa. like, they're like, not, they're like, you, <laughs> You can do whatever you want. And they're like, not only can you do whatever you want, but they're like, actually, everyone else is already doing whatever they want. They're like, everyone is doing whatever they want. I have had someone say this to me, that realizing getting older is that you can do whatever you want, but not without consequence. Yeah. For me, coming from the like, nobody can tell you what to do. You just have to face the consequences. The employment thing doesn't really like neatly fit into that, but I feel like entrepreneurship... 
yes. makes so much sense. It's like, you can do whatever you mm-hmm. want. You just have to face the consequences of that. And very, like my parents are also, they're extremely, like anytime somebody says, yeah, it's like if they say they can't do something, particularly if they say they don't have the time or the money, mm. my parents are like, well, that's not real. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if mm-hmm. Michael Jordan yeah. wanted to get lunch with you tomorrow, but it was going to be a hundred dollars, like you would find the hundred dollars. Yeah. So like, really what you're saying is that it's just not a priority to you and yeah. that's fine. But like, you have to be honest to yourself about that and honest to other people. And anyone that's who right. tells you something is like not being honest. Like if they say, I really want to be president of the United States, but I can't because I wasn't born in this country. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. actually they're just unwilling to do the work to change the laws in order to pay. Wow. That's for- a really extreme version of that philosophy. That's very extreme. That's very like anything is possible. It's really like anything is possible. And then mm-hmm. it's like, well, but you're unwilling. It's like, if it's not possible to do in your lifetime, like, and you're unwilling to like put in the work, understanding that you won't see the results in your lifetime. But in some ways it's kind of cool and supportive. Like you can do anything. Yeah. yeah. In some ways it's like somewhat ungrounded and everything feels very like floaty to me. And I think hmm. Even, and there are some people who have, I feel like they, their parents taught them rules for living their life, like rinse the dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. Yeah. And now they just do it. And they seem yeah. ha- much happier than me. Well, I'm okay. like, have you done the cost benefit analysis on this? And like, are you truly okay. understanding how much, yeah. what if there's do you food? Rinse like the dishes? I don't. Do your dishes come out clean? They do. Well then there we go. But see, there's a lot of factors to this. So like if there's food in the dishwasher, it gets caught in this little basket on the bottom, which you have to okay. clean out. Does that happen a lot? I mean, you have to clean. I don't know. I clean mine out like once a year. So like well, it I happens. guess that's the consequence of that not is it, rinsing think, the dishes. Is it, it worth is. it? That you have to do that trade-off decision. But here's the thing. I have to do Tell that. Me. Other people, boom, they just have a, they just have a, a rule in their head and they just follow the rule and they're much happier, like not considering it's like, well, how much are we paying for water? How bad is that for the environment to use more water than maybe might ultimately be necessary to wash the dishes? Hmm. Like I kind of get like, you know, what does your fiance do? He rinses them. You could just do that. Oh, it's so hard. I I felt that. I felt that. I understand. I know. I know. It just seems like, you know, clean the thing out once a year. It'll be okay. Yeah. I'm with you though. Okay. So what is the most memorable gift that you've ever received or given? I really like gifts. I'm a big gift person. Yes. Are you somebody that you like to give gifts? You like to receive gifts? Mostly giving. I really love, I really love giving gifts. What do you like about it? So what I like about it is it's such an interesting optimizer challenge space, which is, can you buy something for someone that Mm -hmm. they're going to like, but that they don't like so much that they already own? Yes. And it's this interesting, like, well, if you think about it, it's like, well, why don't they own this already? So there's the, they haven't heard of it, which is like kind of the coolest gift to give somebody. It's like 100% they didn't know it existed. Yes. So my sister, I got her one hotel makes this one type of candle, the kindling candle. Okay. That sounds kind of a cult favorite. I bet she hasn't heard of it. I feel like it's like a cult favorite. And it's like my friends, but probably not her friends. Yeah. And so I just bought her the kindling candle. Oh, amazing. She loves candles. She's very picky on candle scents. I'm a little mm. nervous, but okay. it's so nice. If she doesn't like the scent, she can re-gift it. Yeah. And it's so thoughtful. Like you thought about this. You thought that she would like it. And scents are hard. Like even if she doesn't scents like the exact scent, it's still like a really, really lovely gift. It comes across 
Right. The intended's like, Hey, I know you yeah. like candles. This is a cool one that a lot of people, like, I feel like you get the mm-hmm. kind of the point of the gift across. So yeah. Um, yeah, I love giving gifts. My enthusiasm for giving gifts sometimes exceeds people's enthusiasm for receiving them. Does that mean that sometimes you're disappointed by the reaction? No, it's, it's fine because frankly, it's like a lot of what I like is just a super fun problem to solve. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's like, well, what is all the stuff that I know about that exists? Mm. What do I know about this person? And what do I know about the stuff that they already have? Yeah. This is a good way to think about it. So I don't think that I'm a very good gift giver. So this is helpful for me. I feel like it takes some time and it takes some... That's my problem. Mm -hmm, So do you mm -hmm. put time on your calendar to think about this? No, I don't. But I always kind of have it... Like I'm always kind of listening... Like when people say stuff, I'm always sort of listening to what they're saying Mm -hmm. to understand like if I need to get them a gift someday. Okay. Do you ever write it down? That's a good one. Like, oh, they said they love their favorite color is purple. Sometimes I write it. Yeah, I take notes, but I lose the notes. So it doesn't, I think the act of taking the notes means I'm more likely to remember it. I should try that. I think this is maybe an insane thing. Well, I thought it was kind of an insane (laughs) thing. Let's find out. So my parents maintained what they called the present box. Okay. Which was like a box of stuff that could be good presents just for people, right? Because we were always like, Hey, I'm going to a birthday party and I need to bring a thing and go pick out something from the present box and we'll wrap it up for them. That's awesome. I don't think that's insane. That sounds like a great idea. Like it kind of was awesome because the other thing that lets you do is we would be, you know, you're at the farmer's market and you see something, you're like, this thing is so cool. And you're like, I don't know what I would do with it or. Oh my God, that's brilliant. So you it in the present box. And you put it in the present box. Maya. This is, this might save me. Wait, I'm going to develop a present box. This is going to help me so much. My problem is that I love my friends and family more than anything in the fucking world. And yet I don't think my brain does not work the way that it's supposed to where five days before the thing, I don't think I need a gift for the thing and then I need to send it. I think, oh, that thing is in five days. I have five days to handle it. Every time. You need a present box. Get yourself a present box. I need a present. I'm literally looking around my house right now. Like, what could I put in the present box? What could you put in the present box? Or like, I already have an idea. I have a very nice notebook I was going to get rid of. See? Present put it in the present. It's like very artistically designed. I'll just never use it. <laughs> I think the... <laughs> That's the the thing. Like there's all kinds of stuff that's like extremely cool, but not for moi, just not for you. I do this with stationery. I mostly send people cards when they're having babies or Mm. when something extremely bad happened, usually like one of their grandparents died or something like that. So I've started to be realistic about this. I have all these cards, like all these like cute sympathy cards. Yep. And now something bad happens, take it out of the box, send them a card. I'm starting to build a nice collection of cards myself and- Wow. Okay. My, you're like, so you get my it. life. This is going to be incredible. Do you live in New York? Yeah. I'm in the New York area. But see, I feel like if you live in New York, you don't have space for a present box. It's like, I I'm know, sorry. but I also don't have the emotional space to continue to be the shittiest gift giver in the world for the rest of my life. So Ooh. let's, we have to optimize for that. Ooh, I like your, it's like, how do we do this trade-off of emotional space and physical yes, space? Literally it's worth it. It is full on worth it to me. I feel so bad. And you know what else is the problem? I think I seem like someone who's good at it. So I think that the bar is higher for me. Expectations are too high. Truly. Like I seem like someone who's good at giving gifts. I just think that I have that quality Mm -hmm. and I am not. 
and I feel mm-hmm. terrible. Literally, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm truly awful at it and it makes me feel so bad. Are your friends disappointed or are you disappointed in yourself and like projecting that onto them? No one has ever said, hey, Alexis, we've been friends for a decade. I, sh- I feel like I should let you know that I've never been satisfied by a single gift you've ever given me. So it might be the latter. I'm very hard on myself and I right. think it might I can be feel that, yeah. potentially too hard on myself about the gifts that I give. I just feel like they're wrapped, but they're not wrapped nicely. Or it's like a nice bottle of wine. And it's like, oh, I could have done better than that, you know? And Mm -hmm. I have friends who like make things. And I'm like, I make things for a job. So I can't make anything extra. I'm sorry. I'm all out of creative energy right now. I'm all out of creative energy. I'm kind of all out of regular energy. Please enjoy this bottle of Veuve Clicquot. It is simply the best I could do, friend. (laughs) Happy birthday. Maya, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Whether you're looking to hire the best go-to-market talent or looking for your next opportunity, Bets can help. Okay, friends, I'm bringing you what I think may be the one and only time I allow myself to use a phrase like this on the podcast. Here we go. Let's talk about the future of work. I'm not telling you anything you don't know when I say the future of work is kind of happening right now. Companies all over are figuring out whether they want folks in the office or out of the office or kind of in the office or pods or whatever. You may be having those conversations at your company and you may or may not like what's being decided. Either way, the good news is you can join the Bets Recruiting Network to find a company that's totally aligned with what you're looking for from your work setup. Whether that's being in office, best buds with your desk mate, or literally never finding out how tall your coworker is. Learn more about finding your next role or hiring top talent at betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Maya Bittner, an entrepreneur and angel investor. Maya Bittner, we've reached a very exciting moment in this episode of non-technical. Are you ready? Nervous, but ready. (laughs) I'll take it. Okay. You've arrived at the lightning round. Let's get to it. Coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? Black. When was the period of time that you didn't drink coffee? I make my own drip coffee, which I'm very enthusiastic. And I just so stopped always doing that. And now I use either, I sometimes do that, but drip kit or commenteer. I don't know if you know these. You literally look like you were confessing something to me. You're like, I used to do it. I'm like cringing here in my seat. Between you and me. (laughs) I feel like I should be a true coffee person. And that. Why? Because you're from the Pacific Northwest or what? I'm from the Pacific Northwest. I grew up. It's like, there's like drive-through coffee. It's like my whole family's into coffee. I love the taste of coffee. I drink it every day. I want to release you of this burden. I think this is totally fine. I think this is totally okay. So good. I also am dying to try Cometeer, so I double support this. But see, I'm gonna take a note to send you that as a thank you gift. God, Maya, this okay, and I'm gonna send you a thank you card because you love mail. Yeah, I love mail. Okay, yeah, baby, here we go. All right, we're turning over a new leaf. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm very excited. Uh, Maya, do you have a favorite board game? So I love not a board game. Love the game Hanabi. What's that? Love the game. I've actually, I've played hundreds of hours of Hanabi in my life. Love this game. So this game, it's a Japanese game. Hanabi means fireworks in Japanese. And the premise of the game is that you're all working together to set up fireworks for a show. So it's a collaborative I game. I love collaborative games. I, I love, love collaborative games. Love collaborative games. You have to yeah. get Hanabi. I'm not going to buy it for you as a gift because it's only $7. I feel like if you're only spending $7 on a gift, there's something <laughs> that kind of like, you get it. I get it. <laughs> so you all work together and it's a card game where... It's almost like a combination of psychology and a memory game. So Mm. what it is, is you hold your cards. I just love the whole premise. You hold your cards facing away from you. 
<gasps> okay. So everyone else at the table <gasps> knows what you're holding, but you don't. Oh my God. And then every turn you go around, you, there's three things you can do. You can either play a card, which is crazy because you don't know what's in your hand, but everyone oh else God. can watch you be like, I'm going to play this card. Oh my God. You can discard a card, which has the same drama, or you can tell someone else one thing about their hand. So you can point out there's like different attributes. You can be like, here are all the red cards in your hand or stuff like that. So I love this game because you basically have to pull together. It's almost like those logic tables. It's like, okay, I oh, know. Oh, like matrices? Yeah. It's like the logic I matrices. I loved those. Do you? Wait, I'm so freaking excited about this. Also, one of my best friend's birthdays is coming up. He loves games and he's Amazing a huge game. Japanophile. And there's no chance in hell he's listened to a single episode of this podcast. So we are safe to buy this gift, baby. Perfect. Amazing gift. Collaborative Thank game. You. Logic. <laughs> suspense obsessed with this game yeah it sounds really great and i love the collaborative aspect have you ever read a book twice probably hmm any does does one stick out in your mind as oh a book i've read multiple times what's well, this mm. book i love and i have so it's called coming and crying hmm it's like every chapter is a different essay by a different author hmm and it's all like really vulnerable essays about about life and sexuality and wow. dating. That one I've certainly, and specifically it's like a bookmarked certain essays that I go back to. It feels so vulnerable. It's like, I feel mm. like I'm, it's like I'm knowing something and it's, I feel like it does an important work of like unlocking that it's okay for me to be vulnerable. It's like, yes. whoa, this person has had like way more intense things happen to mm -hmm. them. I'm hiding that like, I drink common tier coffee, like right. maybe. Right. Yes. I can yes, stretch yes, more. Yes. Wow. That's, that sounds really impactful. And also that sounds like a book I would love. Okay. So Maya, I usually ask this question in the lightning round, but I don't want you to stress out if you don't have an answer. Do you have a pump up song? Yes, I actually <gasps> do. Oh my God. Huge. Okay. Scoop. Major scoop. Major My scoop. My has a pump up song. Let's hear I it. I do. It's no, it's so embarrassing. I can't wait. That's even better. Okay. So it's from, I don't even know the name of the song, which is going to be my saving <laughs> okay. grace, but I feel like you could figure it out. It's okay. from, oh yeah. my God, you're going to love this. So I it's from the soundtrack mm -hmm. of Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, hell yeah. So it's probably Hans Zimmer, right? Or is that Okay. And it's like the strings and the yeah. like, dun, 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 and like, is it all the that main stuff. song? Like, the it might Pirates be the main Caribbean song. It's probably song. the main song. That is probably like such the a song. pump up song. Yeah, it's probably called Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> it's like the song. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 right? Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, something like that. It's like we're going to battle yes. in the Caribbean, you know? On like, the ocean. <laughs> Wow. That's a great pump up song. Okay. Maya, my final question for you is what would you title your memoir? Always bring candy. <gasps> I love that. Are you a big candy person? Do you have a sweet tooth? I have a sweet tooth, you know, not a big candy person in general. This, and this, it's funny. It's like, I didn't come up with this. My friend was like, oh my God, the title of your memoir is going to be always bring candy. And I was like, that feels right. I used to always bring candy for flight attendants. Really? So I lived with a flight attendant once. He was my roommate and he was the one who told me to do this. And I was like, Oh, what kind of, and he was yeah. like, literally anything that they don't serve on board. Oh my God. You know, when you get, you step on the plane and there's that person there who's like, welcome yes, to yes, the airplane. Yes. I say, thank you so much. I brought 
this candy for the flight attendant. Oh my God. It feels kind of awkward to me. And it's so, it's like candy's cheap. And so I'm like, hey, I, like I brought this. I'm like, would you mind like sharing this with the rest of the crew and like putting yeah. it back or whatever so people can help themselves? And they always go, oh my God, thank you so much. What is your seat number? Mm. And I tell them, and then I just have like the most enjoyable flight. They like stop by extra to my seat all oh the time. Oh my God. I get free Wait, drinks. This, that is wild. That is wild. So, and I feel like it's a good life philosophy too. It's, it's again, I like gifting. There's a, sort of a running theme here with a lot of the stuff you've said about tangible goods. Like you mm. like getting mail. Yeah. You like giving gifts. These are things that people can touch and hold in an increasingly digital virtual world where you can't touch or hold anything. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. feel like that's something I relate to a lot because I love having things in, you know, I like to read books instead of eBooks. Like there's little things like that where I'm like, no, I want to, I want to touch it and experience it in my world, in my space. I feel like there's something really special there that because it maybe is hard to articulate the value of a book instead of an eBook mm-hmm. tends to get like shoved by the wayside. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, this is important to my experience. Wow, Maya, I've not only loved talking to you today, but I've also learned a lot. <laughs> and I think I'm going to be a better gift giver after this, at the very least. Get yourself a present box tip from my mom and dad. I really will. I've had such a great time having you on the show. Maya, thank you so much for coming on Non-Technical. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. And um, of course, asking such different questions. I never get to talk about this kind of stuff. I'm so glad to hear it. Where can people find more about you online? So I'm on Twitter. I'm at Maya B. That's like 99% of my presence online. So it's really mm-hmm. the best place. If you don't use Twitter, you can still open up twitter.com slash Maya B <laughs> and read all my tweets, which I do recommend. That's right. According to her bio, they are TMI tweets. So I think that that's a strong selling point. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at non-technicalpod on Twitter. Maya, one more time. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Bye.